Hi, this is Mimi, and welcome to my podcast, The Lovely Becoming. Today's guest is Dr. Veronica Eo, and I am so excited to have you here. Hi, Veronica. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to talk today. Yay. So tell us about yourself. What do you do? What do you love? So I am a social worker by trade, love working one-on-one. Well, yes, I do work on one, one-on-one. It just feels so different right now through Zoom, uh, seeing clients, but I've been doing that for quite some time. Um, I've worked with people all, pretty much all over the spectrum, but um, I have very recently in the last four years really honed in on working with mothers. So I do a lot of uh, one-on-one work with mothers. Um, and then as well as I see uh, couples um, and a lot of the issues that kind of come up that I see them for are just the transitions that happen with starting a family, trying to start a family, growing your family, maintaining sanity in a family, uh, all that wonderfulness. Um, so that's a bulk of, of the work that I do um, with a little mix and match, the little things that, you know, interest me. What I love, I love to run like that is my love that keeps me going I do that pretty much every day Um, and it is the time for me really that centers me as a person uh, and helps me just orient myself for the day whether I do it in the beginning of the day or at the end of the day or in the middle of the day when I'm frustrated and have a break um, and all that stuff Um, I'm a mom of three kids uh, three well, a soon-to-be four-year-old, a soon-to-be two-year-old, and and soon-to-be eight-month-old. So our house is very loud, and but just filled with a lot of love and a lot of growing. And marriage is my biggest inspiration um, for the work that I do, and just of who I am as a person. There's nothing like three people looking up at you as their role model to really make you just reflect and try to do things differently. So that's just a big part of who I am and the running I said the love because I do love to run because it keeps me going and who I am so that's me that's awesome I'm so excited that you're on today and I can't wait to dive into these questions I'm excited as well so it sounds like your experiences with motherhood were kind of what fueled your passion for this work what's that like kind of being ingrained in therapeutic work but also in your own human experience with motherhood I think the biggest thing that I see, especially in the work that I do that helps me is that noticing that we all mother differently. We are all so different people and we're all still growing. You know, what I may feel strong about is completely different than what another mother may feel strong about or her strength or her weakness. And so it really helps just for me, just having grace on myself of like, nobody has this figure out. There is yet someone that, I have met or just have really vulnerable conversations with. I have to say that because I may meet someone and think, oh my gosh, they have it together, but I don't know, right? You truly don't know unless you ask. Um, and for me, the thing that really got me into like wanting to go in this path was, um, I know it's a podcast, so you guys can't see me, but you know, I, I'm a black mom, mom, like that's what I am. That's what I look like. And And so when I first had a child, I didn't see someone that looked like me, like it. I, I live in a, I would say a very affluent area of Los Angeles. And so 
a lot of the mothers that I met didn't look like me, didn't have any of the shared experiences that I did. It was really hard to connect, you know, uh, it, it was just different. And some of the things that I wanted to integrate into how I wanted to parent and how I wanted to show up as a mother are completely different than the culture that I grew up in, right? So I was kind of caught in the middle. I was like doing it different than how my family had done things. And then, you know, also not feeling like I didn't belong, right? Being able to have that honest conversation of, even if something small of, my gosh, my, I, if I was a kid, my parents would have done something totally different or like we didn't do that, you know, that just that shared that piece of connecting. Right. And so I remember that when I see my, my clients, right. And I see a lot of moms of color as well. And we're able to bond on that. Like here we are trying to do something different, trying to show up differently. And it's so hard. It's so hard not to feel pulled into the habits, right. That we know and the things that we know and how to actively fight that and also have grace with yourself. And so that's really like where our work is, right? It's not that I'm bringing in these new tools and these different things. It's like, I'm modeling grace. And also with a dab of like, you know, have you ever tried this? Have you ever done this? But also it's okay. It's graceful. So that's my work. I feel like I went all around there, but I, you know, I hope that that made, you know, sense of just, why that feels what I want to do every day. I hope when a mother sits with me and hears me is able to be like, oh my gosh, there's someone here who has, who understands me. So that means that in my community, hopefully I can find someone that can walk with me also. I love that answer. And I think it's really valuable that you talked about the main thing being about having grace and not like a modality or a problem solving kind of orientation, because I think one of those big parts of therapy is just having another human in front of you that says like, I get it. That makes sense. Like we can work through this. Yeah. Cause we can, can, you know, definitely. So tell us about perinatal mental health. What are some things that we don't talk about that maybe need to be normalized? I think the big one, you know, when I was thinking about that question and reflecting it, it was this piece of being able to like, honestly say motherhood is hard and but in the context of, because so I do see that a lot. I see that in Instagram and I see people talking about this motherhood piece. And, but I'm talking about specifically of, and I'm going to put a shared example, a personalized example of like me, you know, the feedback that I got as a kid. So I was a very, and we guys could understand how I became a, a social worker, right? Very much. I was a very emotional kid. I cried a lot and I got yelled at for crying. I, I was made to feel like there was something wrong, you know, with that. So it's, for me, it's a very heightened experience. And so I know um, when my little ones cry, like I feel it in my body. Like it's like, and those thoughts kind of like rush in of wanting to say that I'm not perfect. Okay. Sometimes it has slipped out, but for the most part, I can actually pride myself in saying I've shown up differently as a parent. And for me, I think the piece that I wish was, normalized is for and this is what I do I get on that group text and I'm like oh my goodness I just want to say stop crying stop you know like all the things that you want to say all those bad things that you that that feel bad right but it's normal it's a it's an experience because it's my body reacting to that right it's going back to me as a little girl when I was crying I was hearing stop crying 
gonna give you something to cry about. You know, you shouldn't be crying. It's not that big of a deal. Stop being a whiner. All that, you know, things that you would hear. That's my body's going back to that. My body remembers that. My mind remembers that, right? And so to normalize that piece of like, when you're trying to do something different, it is hard. It's like going against the grain. And to be able to have a space where you can honestly say without censoring yourself, this is really what I want to say. This is really what I want to do. You know, and that's a piece of like the perinatal mental health that I'm like, we don't talk so much about that, that we talk about, you know, this is what you should say, and this is what you should do and all these things. But what about that piece where, yeah, I know maybe what I should do, but that's not what I feel like doing. And that's not really where my mind goes. And I need you to acknowledge that and be, you know, provide support for that. And so, um, yeah, that's the big, that's what I reflected when I was thinking about that question. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. That's really helpful. And I think it's interesting thinking about how you have those conversations with like age appropriate people. Like you're not telling your kid, like, this is what I want to say, but this is what I'm going to say, you know? Um, and, and I don't think that's a fake way of showing up in that they don't know all of the parts. I think it's really honest and, and important because kids like the responsibility isn't to take care of like those emotions, but it's also important for us to have honest spaces where we can be vulnerable. Yeah. Because one, your kids are going to understand that in the middle of all that crying, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, I think it's also kind of like you said, it's an authentic way of showing up because I know that about me. So I know as soon as I hear my kid crying, Oh my goodness, my body adjusts everything. Like my kids will say, mama, are you deep breathing? you deep breathing? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, it depends. You know, some things are so much easier than others, right? Like my eight-month-old, almost eight-month-old cries doesn't have the same reaction than, you know, other things. But um, yeah, it's, I think, just being honest of where you're at in your journey and where you are becoming the person that you want to be and how, what are the, where's the support that you can get from that, right? Um, as as a, as a mother, you know, can, is that your therapist? Is that your group text with, yes, we all know the importance of the group text, <laughs> uh, you know, is it talking about it on social media? Is it, you know, something, whatever it is, whatever you want, journaling, some people don't want, are not at the stage that they want to share it out loud. I'm fine with that. You know, I have clients that will bring in journals, articles of things, and I'm like, okay, that's where you're at. And that's how we're going to support you. And that's okay. Yeah, definitely meeting people where they are. And you had me thinking too about how as younger kids, crying means there is something wrong that needs a solution. And then all of a sudden it kind of switches to like crying is okay, which is kind of hard to like transition to, I think. And so it makes sense that we're so attuned to this idea that like crying means hunger or crying means tiredness or something that we need to address. Whereas sometimes it just is okay to let it be. Yeah. And that address might be a big hug mm -hmm. or just being in the same room, you know, and I, I've definitely noticed that it's just my own personal journey as a mother. My oldest loves hugs. She loves to be in the middle of a full on thing. And was like, I need a big hug. My youngest, not so much. My second one, middle one, sorry. I have three. Yes. Second one. Uh, I'm, he's still too young, so I don't know fully yet. But from what I've gotten, he doesn't like hugs. I think he just wants you in the vicinity. He just wants you in the vicinity, like close to him. And I just got to meet him where he's at. Let's see where this third one takes me. And 
you know, we'll see. We'll come back and talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It sounds like there's a lot of flexibility involved in like not really doing necessarily what you like think is best, but really leaning into what, what is best for those unique kids with unique temperaments and environments and personalities and things. Exactly. And mamas have to apply that same grace to themselves. So like in the same way that I apply that to my kid and understanding that they're different, I need to think that I'm different as well. And that influences my work too. Like what I tell one client is not necessarily what's going to work for a different client. And that's part of us attuning in this as much as I can through Zoom. And a lot of it is me, you know, asking questions, you know, because I think it was just different when we were in person. I know it's been so long. It feels like we've been in Zoom forever, but there was a time when I was in person and I could also feel the energy of uh, like physically of the energy, you know, so, uh, and that's something that I remember too, you know, with with clients and also for myself, like, just because I hear another mama saying like, this is what works for her. That may not be what works for me and that's okay. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, let's talk about bouncing back this phenomenon after having a baby, um, specifically with body size and body image. Um, what, tell me about that. I think it is so hurtful. My gosh, every time I, you know, it is, it's, it's hurtful. We all have different bodies. Our bodies do different things, you know, and, um, for me, when I reflect on that, bouncing back one I think of people we're not balls we don't bounce so I don't where that comes from but okay well another day but I also think of you're not the same person I will never be the person that I was before kids I actually hard I mean I can remember pieces of her I can remember pieces like I mentioned I'm a runner I have loved running for years right but also I am different in how I run the amount of time that I run Um, even how my body feels with running, even how my mind feels about running, um, you know, and so when I hear bouncing back, you know, one of the things that even in sessions that I think about when I read articles about it, you know, I think you're a different person now and let's learn to have grace with however that person is, because I know when we think of the bouncing back, it's like getting back to that body that you, you know, we hear of like that body you had before. But the reality is like, there's mothers that I've met that their bodies changed like so differently. Like you know, they became more confident and they loved their body. Uh, well, I'm just going to be transparent. They love the boobs. Okay. <laughs> let's, you know, they're like, I do not want that to bounce back. Like, let's just keep that, you know, like, you know, so it's like your body changes or women that got more curves you know, or it's so, it just does, it's an injustice to moms to be kind of already from the beginning, right, and this does come from the beginning, right, so you kind of have the baby, everyone's like, yay, oh my gosh, you had the baby, woohoo, right, depending on your insurance, you go to the doctor, and they weigh you already, and I, I just had, I barely made it to this doctor's appointment with this baby, okay, like, barely made it, I, I do not need, you know, but that's the first thing they kind of go on, right, and they're like, well, take care of yourself. Try to get some daily walks in because you know you want to start doing this and this. You just brought a baby into this world. To hear mamas even just saying, I need to get back to who I was. I need to, you know, bounce back. And I know bouncing back often things about physically, but even mentally, because that's the piece that I see people in, in that mental piece of like, why can't I think 
and like that guy used to before or why can't I uh, do things as fast as I used to do or why couldn't I power through the way that I could you just had a baby this baby altered you you know and even if you didn't just have a baby raising a child is some hard work you know like yes we give a lot of you know maybe negative feedback to our parents of like they should have done things differently but also I want to say this was hard work there is no manual there really should be a manual send me home with my whole squad okay where is Beyonce squad and I bet I will feel good <laughs> send me with her squad but you know so it's not fair it's it's not fair to be even said that when we get that message like right away and how to stop that, that noise is I think I think it depends for each each person, each woman, of what works for them. Right? Um, but it does make me angry. I'm not gonna lie about that one. That one does make me angry because I'm like, you're not the same person. And even if you wanted to be that same person, let you decide on how to get to that person in your own time. Don't rush. Don't rush because someone else or society says you have to. Right? Yeah. I like that because I think change is uncomfortable and we're resistant to it in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it's important to have some aspect of acceptance for what is and where we are now. And just thinking about also that, like, it makes sense that you're a new person after things happen to you, after you learn and adjust from new perspectives. Like being a mother is a whole new identity. And so being able to shift in mindset, it can be really helpful and protective for your kids, but even it, it might feel uncomfortable too, for sure. Yeah. And I think the only way to really embrace that uncomfortable, com- uncomfortableness is, you know, really, I keep saying this word grace, really having yourself grace and really just, I think that's the only thing that's co- uh, constant is that there's going to be areas that you're going to be uncomfortable in this area that you're going to be changed, that you're going to change, right? Like even yeah you have a baby but then you have a person that keeps growing their personality very likely is going to be completely different than how you would thought or thought you were going to show up as a as a parent and we're constantly having to change and adapt to it and so you know I have affirmations sometimes that I will tell clients to repeat to themselves to kind of help with hey yeah there's may you may not know all the answers at once or like you may get hurtful comments by people right or things like that but what are the things that you can do right to remind yourself that this change is going to be constant it's for everyone you know new person and all yeah yeah that's really awesome um why do you think people tend to focus so much on that bouncing back phenomenon um and getting those pre-pregnancy bodies back those mindsets back and personalities and things like that Okay, so the easy answer, because I feel like there's a complex answer. So the easy answer, I think, is it's something that we can see, right? Like there, our bodies is something that we can physically see, that number on the scale, something that we can physically see. And so when it comes to a goal, that's like something that you can see, that you can control in some ways. It's not a healthy uh, mindset, but I, I do feel like I can understand that piece of here was, I just had a baby, whichever way you had a baby, vaginally, cesarean, right? And I have another person that I 
am still getting to know. It's good transition. It's very uncomfortable. I'm trying to get them to stop crying. You know, my mom swears that this is the way that to put baby to quiet down, but this does not work. The internet swears this is the way to get the baby, but this does not work for my baby. The only thing my baby wants is this, this, right? Because we have different babies, right? Like there's so, there's no one thing that's going to make them stop crying or kind of do all these things. And then you want some sense of control because it can feel like chaos of all these things that are changing. And so here is this number, here is my, how my clothes fit that I feel like you can control and want to change um, to feel more settled. And I, with that feeling piece of wanting to feel more centered and grounded, I can 100% relate with that. Um, but the thing is, it takes time, you know, like that, your body, it, even if you do reach that point, right, whatever bouncing back looks like for you, it's still going to feel chaotic because it's not the body piece, your mind, all your environment, everything has, has just changed and it's hard, right? So like when moms come in and they, you know, tell me that's their goal, I don't say like, don't do that. You know, I don't go into the societal rant. Like I understand that piece of what, what they're wanting. I want to feel like myself. I want to feel like I have some control over myself or some stability. And I get that. Um, and so that's why I think people focus so much on that. It's what you can see in the midst of after having a baby in that chaos, right? On the other end, the complex answer is that we do not value the amount of work that it takes to raise children. It is a lot of work and it's nearly impossible to function the way we did without kids, right? Our maternity policies kind of don't take into consideration how much time and energy it takes to raise children and just even do the daily things. Um, there's punishment for taking longer times off. Like there's not like an explicit, like I'm gonna say it out loud, but it's, if I take an extended amount of time, I may lose my job or if I take, I may not say have the same opportunities, right? Or may not be given the same opportunities when I get back because they think that I'm less serious about my job, but that's not even true, right? And so I think there's this focus of like, well, if you bounce back, right? If you just go back to mentally, even how I was, even though I brought this new person into this world that I'm trying to raise, then things will be the same. You need to continue to function in the same way but you're not the same person. We're not the same person we need to adjust. And that's okay. Like, I know I can't change corporate things and society things, but I think even just naming that um, and having the space to be able to say, like, honestly, what's happening does make a difference in, in just how you walk into this world or handle things as they arise. Yeah, it sounds like it's almost protective in some ways, given that there's not as much corporate like flexibility, but within that sphere of feeling out of control, we can find some bits of control with acknowledgement and naming and being present with other people. Yes. How do you respond when people make comments about your body, which can be personally or just kind of like in general? I encourage, depending on your, I encourage what to say, depending on your comfort. So if you feel comfortable kind of just telling someone right up front, you know, please don't make comments about my body, I encourage that. I also encourage walking away because sometimes we don't, we feel uncomfortable saying 
whatever you know the truth is or I often in couples sometimes I'll encourage partners to kind of step in right and say like hey that's not okay for you to say that personally taking some time I think was my first I got a lot of the positive comments and I didn't know yet. And that was a bit of my journey too. It's like, even though I was a therapist at the time, there's so much about becoming a mother and your brain changing that I didn't even know was a thing until I became a parent and actually birthed that child. Uh, but just outright statements, just have them ready. And often we'll practice it in counseling. Like I'll have like, what I'll like pretend to be that obnoxious uncle that'll be like, nah those pounds there uh, and you know we practice saying like uncle that's not okay that's not okay for you to say right and usually you know we'll prepare for like what is a back and forth can look like I love the role playing that's so awesome <laughs> it helps you gotta know what you're gonna do in that moment because you get stuck and so we'll, we'll practice I've been it all I've been the well-meaning grandma I've been the <laughs> The uncle was like, it's okay to comment on like, hey, your tummy's not looking as tight as it used to, or you really shouldn't eat that. You really, you know, things like that where I don't need to hear this. It doesn't help me at all. And honestly, it doesn't, what, what, what is what I get put in my body or lack of whatever I put in my, any, actually any aspect of my body, how does that impact you, right? Like, it's not your body. It's mine. Let me be, leave me be. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know why people feel the need to comment about other people's bodies when it's like, if you want to do something for your body, then like, go ahead. You have autonomy, but for my body, that's about me. And that's not something to comment on. Exactly. Exactly. I a hundred percent agree. How do we learn to love and accept our bodies when other mothers are so investing in changing theirs? I think a little bit about what you said right now, right? Like what you want to do with your body and and that's your choice. At the same time, I know that those comments come up, right? Like you'll, I'll be at the daycare pickup and people will be like, you look so great. Oh my gosh, your body, you really are just putting in your work. Your husband must feel so lucky to have you. Whatever comments, you know, you're going to have a fourth one because of that, right? And as well-meaning as I can think that they are, like I can hold that, it's still this still not okay, because I'm trying to learn to accept the body that I have, you know, regardless if it's, you know, trying to, what a house is going to change, you know, I'm getting older, and I birthed three children, I fed and nursed three children, it is not the same, right, and so how do we learn to do that is one, reminding ourselves that everybody has their own journey, and two, I like to practice affirmations, right? So we like to encourage just the well speaking about your body when you look in the mirror. If you feel comfortable, some women don't feel comfortable looking at their bodies or talking to their bodies. And I'm okay with that, um, right? Again, with what works for you. But I also think like, what are the things that can help you feel comfortable in yourself? And sometimes it's just the change, like going through your closet and really being, finding clothes that you love right? Whether that's bright colors or not bright colors or like, you know, what, you know, whatever it is. Cause I feel like that also makes a difference, right? 
I love me some good leggings, y'all. I love me some good leggings, okay? I'm not ready to go back into this world because I cannot wear, well, I do wear leggings in public, but in certain spaces, I cannot wear them. And I think that that is not fair, but that's a conversation for a different world. But but then I have my top, right? That makes it look a little bit more dressy up, right? Uh, and, and stuff like that. And so that makes me feel good, right? Putting on earrings makes me feel good. Like, doing those small things that I'd never want to discount. Like it's also the inner work. It is like the mindset that you have about your body, but it's also the outer stuff too, that sometimes can make us feel better. And so, or it's um, also like, I do encourage like taking yourself out on a date or pampering yourself and um, also remind, reminding yourself of the work that your body did, you know? So um, like for me, like I, often remind myself I have to remind myself right that I birthed three babies in four years like that is a lot so it's a lot of work and a lot that my body went through and even small things like my pain tolerance has changed in the last four years and how I've learned to accept that is I I have to constantly remind myself sometimes I think you know sometimes we think like why I shouldn't have to work on this anymore you know, but we have old habits, right? Like up until however many years, right? I learned to accept my body, right? And, and love it. I was giving in or really much taking in the feedback of what society said about what others said until I became aware of it. I didn't even know that I was taking that in. And so give yourself grace, right? We're still in the beginning stages of, of that. And so one step at a time, you know, do finding what works for you that can help you feel more settled. Um, And then the last thing that I would recommend would be audit your environment. Like are the mothers that are around you, like, are they working towards accepting their bodies? Uh, What's their narrative like, you know, um, is it constantly making themselves feel bad about themselves or things like that? And I'm not saying cut people off, um but at the same time I do want to say like that impacts impacts your body right if I go out to eat and everyone there is saying negative comments about food like oh I have to run this off later or whatever it is like I want to enjoy my plate I I don't want to think about that I want to enjoy this food that let's be real I have an hour before my baby has to go and nurse so let's just spend this time filling our cup up and our community up and like in that and so if that's not your friend group it's that's not the people that you're around then audit like hey should do I want to you know be out with them again not cut people off but like just be mindful of that because it does take a toll right when I get around with my girlfriends that we're there talking about our goals and um just like the happiness of our lives I leave there so refreshed and having enjoyed my food as I should I paid good money because you know prices have increased now in these restaurants because of COVID like they be doing us dirty So that would be my suggestion. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting because the comments that we make out loud to our bodies, like someone's always listening and it's going to have an effect on them too, whether it's the kids who are listening and being taught that like about body shame or whether it's your friends who are like, oh, well, if you don't feel good about your body, should I feel not good about my body as well? And even with the weight gain comments, like, I think it's not well-meaning when people say like, oh, you look so good. But then it's like, what happens if my body changes? 
And it's almost this, like, I have to keep it because they said it was good right now, but it could change. Mm -hmm. And it will change Mm because we change, all of us change, you know, and, and that's okay. So actively working to have grace with ourselves. That's the message of today. Just have grace with your mind, body, everything, because we're not perfect. There's no way we can be. And I think that's kind of the message, you know, that I tell myself and hoping that listeners get from this as well. Definitely. Speaking of increasing prices around the pandemic, how has the pandemic affected motherhood for you? Well, so my kids don't know how to act in public because we haven't been in public. So that's a factor. (laughs) A lot of my clients were just like, I don't even know how to take them out. Right. Especially if we have younger kids that are not able to get vaccinated and not trying to make things political, but just on like, how do you want, you know, to feel comfortable with your kids being out there and, and all that things. And I know everyone has different things, um, different uh, opinions. And so it's just, how do you function, you know, and being respectful of others and all this piece. And so, uh, but yes, li- raising little kids that don't, are, are uncomfortable being around other people. You know, my eldest, uh, she, she, well, she's more verbal. She's the oldest. And, you know, she, she will say, like, I feel uncomfortable with a lot of people, you know, or, you know, when others try to come and hug her, she'll say, like, actually, my mom says I can't touch other people, you know, for a long time, because we didn't go around people. And when we were around family, we would see each other, like in parks and stuff. And so we would stay away. And, and so the first time we kind of integrated back in with family, um, she was like, wait, what is this? Like, you know, and already I was teaching her, like, you don't have to hug nobody unless you want to, because that's your body, you know. So where do we have that conversation, but not on the axis? It's like, yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't, you know, except their little friend group at school, because they're like, you know, but so I think that's the thing is like learning how as the life kind of busy gets busy again, you know, how to be out and about with your kids and how to parent outside with people watching you right because before that wasn't a factor I think that was a plus about the pandemic I'm not gonna lie that you know I was at home so you know no one was judging what I was doing or you know feedback and so you know that was different I think even the same thing with like body image right like how I felt about myself because again love myself my leggings right and my leggings never tell me anything bad they they love me they love me every day Okay, my ride or die. And, you know, that's not necessarily the feedback, right, that I would get if I went out, even like the clothes that I would wear, right? It's like, really, why are you wearing that? You should dress yourself up more, you should dress yourself down, or why, or, you know, even the opposite of like, if I, you know, people, you know, mothers kind of going on, like, I want to dress up a little bit more, you know, people would give even comments about that. And I think the piece is you can't please everyone, you can't please everyone. And, you know, just acknowledging that the pandemic had an effect on just how you view certain things and, and that's okay. Right. And just kind of adjusting. Yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful. Um, and, and, and 
I also am learning to push the boundaries on leggings because I'm like, if I wear like a longer shirt, then like, it's fine. And no one will know. It, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is. It is. I, I co-sign on that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Cause I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, a fun question. What are your favorite foods? So I love myself beans. I love beans. Love, love, love beans. Like I could live off of beans. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite food. <laughs> just, like, you know, yesterday we baptized my son and they had these amazing beans. You best believe I brought like two big old things of those beans. Now, did I even share with my kids? I will be honest. I didn't, even though they love beans too. This is doggy dog world out there. Okay. I <laughs> those beans. So that is my favorite food. Baked beans, black beans, all kinds of beans. I like all kinds of beans, but refried beans, like pinto beans right now are my favorite. Um, but I went, I just went through this. I just, I, there's just something about beans. Like with my oldest, when I was pregnant, I would make a pot of beans and I would eat it. Like just the beans, like every day for lunch, like black beans. I would just be like, mm. sometimes I put some, you know, maybe I have a quesadilla, but sometimes, no, I just wanted me the beans. Like it's my favorite that's what it is. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Own it. You know, (laughs) you gotta start with, and it's cheap. It's economical. And most people don't just want beans. So no one be eating from my plate. You see that that's really why in this, this, these kids want my stuff, but sometimes they don't want beans. They want more elaborate things. And I'm like, look who's eating my beans. As I watch my husband being like, you see, you should have picked something simple. Should eat vegetables. I bet they won't ask you for that. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, and then the last question I ask everyone is how are you becoming? I think I'm becoming with, I think, and I said this over and over today is like the, having the grace of myself, having the awareness of myself that the woman that I'm becoming, the woman that I want to show up as a mom, I want to be the wife that I want to be, um, she takes a lot of grace that she's going to make mistakes and she as long as I keep that mindset it helps me every day you know some days obviously are not so perfect and that's okay you know um but I have to learn I'm still learning you know to forgive myself for the mistakes that I've made ask for forgiveness if it involves someone else um but always to keep that for myself and I think that that really, especially in the last couple of years, has really helped me just embrace, you know, the woman that I'm becoming. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so fun. Yes, I enjoyed talking to you, too. I'm so glad we were able to do this. <laughs>